Hey, we're both in black. Yeah, I'm a little cheaper. Well, no, actually, this would have cost yeah, that's considerably more. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is very expensive. Yeah, yeah. Two daughters through uh, Corbin University. Shirt's free, kid. Yeah, no, no, they still charge you for the shirt. <laughs> well, they don't, they don't give yeah. them away. <laughs> hey, uh, hello, friends. <laughs> friends and family. Friends and family, welcome to uh, Church on the Hill's podcast, Call on This Hill. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were just talking about uh, kids and school and yeah. expense and Expenses costs. Expenses of life. Yeah, all that stuff. Uh, that is why I'm wearing today this uh, Corbin University sweatshirt, because I told my daughters, both of them are Corbin, well, not grads yet. Mm-hmm. Faith finished all of her close. credits. She'll graduate soon. Grace is in her last uh, semester of finishing off just a few credits, and she'll graduate. But I told both of them, the only thing I want out of this is I, w- I, want, a, I want a sweatshirt. I want a university sweatshirt, <laughs> because your dad is a dummy. But I want people to think I went to Corbin University. So finally, go. just last week, Grace brought me home once. And here you go, Dad. Fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're trying kids. to keep up with our kids. No, no. Fashion wise, I'll never be able to. Yeah. They're just, they're just always, and should, as it should be. They should be cooler yep, than they us. They should so. be one step ahead. Paul, Timothy, we can segue into that. Yeah. Paul is the elder. Timothy is the younger. Uh, still had some wisdom to pass on to his, uh, his young, um, well, not his uh, his physical child, but a spiritual child. Yeah, that's what we've been doing on Sundays. Is talking through First uh, Timothy. We'll be in the. This is the last uh, Sunday. This was the last Sunday of um, First Timothy, Timothy. Yeah. and we're going to go into Second uh, Timothy right after that. Amazing concept, right? Just uh, the idea of um, passing on truth and wisdom to the next generation, which is what mm-hmm. Paul was doing with Timothy, right? And what we hope we do with our kids. Yeah, or we wish someone might have done with us. Like, yeah. Uh, every generation shouldn't have to learn the hard way. There mm-hmm. should be a better way. To... Yeah, and Paul was an educated man himself. Yeah. But he didn't uh, just send Timothy off to college. He, he had some personal things he wanted to impart yeah. to him, some things that he didn't learn himself at the feet of Gamaliel. Was that his, yeah. the name of his uh, teacher, if I remember right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he wanted to impart some things to him from his, uh, from his spirit, really, from the soul, yeah. things that he'd uh, learned on the road to... Uh, yeah, on the road to salvation. Yeah. It's crazy how for centuries and centuries uh, in the history of, of man that, that truth and wisdom were passed on through family. Mm-hmm. You know, you worked uh, in, a, in, a, in a guild with your parents or your uncles or your grandfathers or you worked on the farm or, right. or maybe you studied, but you basically had this close connection with mm-hmm. people yeah. who uh, hopefully had uh, a fair amount of life experience yeah. and wisdom and they passed it on. They were deliberate about it. Do I remember right? Wasn't there a... a at least a short time where you worked at the same place as your dad? Yeah, I did. I worked with my father for a year in a, yeah. in a business. I was going to community college back in the suburb of Chicago. And so uh, mm-hmm. I needed just money, obviously, extra money. And so I worked with him for a year, and that uh, was fascinating. But did he have a trade? Yeah, he was kind of a... Um, uh, kind of a welder fabricator, okay. millwright, I guess. Yeah. He uh, he kept a factory, a, a, a good sized factory in Chicago, operating. So did you come in at the bottom end of that? Oh or yeah, doing yeah. Something I else? Came, I came in as just yeah. kind of a do whatever was needed to be done. I yeah. learned to weld and learned to learn to fabricate. Uh, oh. uh, they built huge refrigeration units, so it was like putting together oh, giant right. yeah. uh, like tinker toys every day. Only you were welding them, and so yeah. I learned a lot. It was a lot of fun, and not something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. It convinced me to. Yeah. Go back to school. That's so. funny. My dad was the same way. He's like, don't follow my footsteps, son. I yeah. mean, he'd teach me things along the way, but he kind of wanted me to do something else, yeah. really. He didn't want me to pick up the family business because he, he was actually, we had a family business, but he didn't really want me to do it. He sold the business yeah. and, and moved on. But 
But the the spiritual, you know, how do, how do we get that from someone else? And, yeah. and here this this Sunday, we were talking about um, Paul's giving a warning mm-hmm. to Timothy and saying, "Hey, uh, I want you to hold on to this that I've given you until the coming of Jesus." He's, he mentions the second coming. Mm-hmm. There's a finish line out ahead of you. But I want you to know before that finish line, there are some traps along the way. There's some stumbling blocks or some yeah. things that can stop you from finishing this well that I've watched other people stumble over these same things, is what he's saying, and I want you to be careful yeah. of these. Yeah. I can't help but think about that, that idea of you know a mentor, someone has described as, a, as a, among other things, as a wise guide. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm having to journey through deep woods or over rugged mountain terrain, it would be great right. to not just stumble around and die mm-hmm. in the wilderness. It'd be great to have a guide who, this is the way, yeah. avoid this, this looks, this route looks easy, but it's actually not, you know, those yeah. kinds of see around the corner type people. Yeah, and, and thinking about that illustration this week, I kind of went down a rabbit hole of, I already like, I like rally races. I just yeah. think they're really fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, Na- NASCAR to me, it's fine, but, I, you know, watching them drive in a circle, if you like NASCAR, I'm sorry, yeah. it's just <laughs> not my thing. But it's rally rally races are so exciting because like it's it's not a route. I mean, it's not like a track. Right. They're on roads. Yeah, yeah. There's a turn coming up. These roads were not not meant, quite as predictable. Yeah, they weren't made to drive 200 miles an hour on. Right. They were yeah, made yeah. to just drive on. Yeah. But these guys are doing it at 200 miles an hour, and so to survive that, they can't do it alone. Right. And a NASCAR guy. There's a guy you're in, in your the car, ear, and you're, you're competing. You know where the next turn yeah. is. No one has to go. Hey, there's a left hand turn coming up. <laughs> like you know, there's a left hand turn coming up. It's the only thing you're going to do is turn left. Again, sorry, NASCAR fans. <laughs> I can't believe how <clears throat> you take such a complex idea like NASCAR and simplify it <laughs> yeah. to something. Dumb it yeah. down like that. I, I, I Just know. turn left. Do yeah. it again. Do it again. <laughs> do it again. Now do it two hundred oh, no, times. You won. You won. <laughs> So now rally, we've really offended yeah, half the United States population. Yeah. Oh, My man. sister's listening to this. I hope Bob, dying right I hope Bob doesn't listen Bob's to this. Bob's not listening. So. Yeah. But in rally, there's a guy beside you yeah. who is telling you, and I don't even understand the code. I've listened to them, you know, because they'll do in cam, in car cameras. Right. And there's this guy going, you know, and he's almost speaking code. Yeah. But he'll, he'll say a word every once in a while, they understand, like, dip. Like, oh, there's a dip in the road. But then he's talking about left-hand turns and how many degrees they are and, yeah. and, and the incline and exactly mm-hmm. what that looks like. Kind of like. the co-pilot, truly like a, a navigator yeah. co-pilot. And, and if you're not listening to them, you're going to die because yeah. you're going 200 miles an hour. You, there is not enough reaction time, no yeah. matter what good of an athlete you are, how good of an athlete you are. There is not enough reaction time, so you've got to be listening to them. So I kept thinking about that's Paul. Like Paul's the yeah. guy in the chair saying, okay, I know what's around this corner. Listen to me or you're going to go off. In the ditch. Isn't it crazy how, if you think about it, how critical uh, the relationship had to have been between Paul and Timothy mm-hmm. or the driver and the navigator yeah. in this particular case of the rally racing or anything that involves mentoring, right? Yeah. Because it's an, it's an arrangement. It's, it's, it's this agreement between two people. I have something to offer because yeah. I've been there. I have wisdom mm-hmm. or experience. And uh, the other person says, I'm willing to pay a price to get whatever, to transfer right. that. It's, it's such a powerful concept. Yeah. But if you're not in agreement about who's who, oh, yeah. who's the mentor and who's the mentee, and are you going to truly listen, yeah. then it doesn't I, matter who you I have. don't usually recommend rabbit holes to go down, but if you want to ever go down that rabbit hole of watching rally racers fight one another... The, the navigator and the driver will get in like arguments and start punching each other in the helmet <laughs> because you didn't tell me this or you know, you're, you didn't, you're not listening to me. And they're literally punching each yeah. other in the face while they drive 200 miles an hour. It's yeah. pretty entertaining, yeah. but they're not winning. Right. I mean, they're, they're losing and, and they're having the fight in the ditch, you know, because they've, they've yeah, gone off. They goofed up. But Paul and Timothy had a very, very successful 
relationship. I mean, the, the church at Ephesus. Was yeah. A, and they weren't running a, a rally race, but they were running a different kind of race, weren't they? They were mm-hmm. trying to navigate a brand new... Um, growing church, exploding church yeah. in crazy times, yeah. surrounded by crazy politics and and all kinds of conflicts, mm-hmm. and uh, both within and from without, right? Yeah. And so there was a lot of uh, uh, one of the things we mentioned in Timothy is right is it's full of imperatives. It's full of these mm-hmm. commands from the wiser man to his son, so to speak. Look out, watch out, pay mm-hmm. attention, be careful. Stay the course, you know those kinds of things. Which again, it kind of reminds me of my my, my father. Right? Uh, my father was a man of few words, but he was a man of conviction too. Like, yeah. I think I, I think oh, you yeah. better look out for that. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. And sometimes I was willing to listen, and other times that I, makes a I good wasn't. father. Yeah, 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 and you know he he spoke from a wealth of experience mm-hmm. uh, in his in his life life experience. So the trap that he's warning. Timothy, of this time, is yeah. riches or the love of money. Specifically, it says, for the love of money is a root mm-hmm. of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Earlier, he, he calls it actual a trap. It is a trap. And it, he says the antidote is, but godliness but contentment right. is great gain. Yeah. Isn't it crazy, though, that he said, he uses the love of money term, mm-hmm. but I don't know if people actually... L- I, I don't know. This is it's a thought still in process, but money is one thing. But I don't think people just live for the day when they can look at a pile of cash. Right. So they're, they're not exactly in love with the cash or the gold. Mm-hmm. They're in love with what, what it represents, which might be yeah. freedom or yeah or, or excess or oh, yeah. comfort or or luxury or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Is what and and it, and it's kind of tied to our social structures, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, we we that's why the rich yeah. and famous uh, are the reality TV shows are focused on. Yeah, everybody yeah. wants a peek into the life of the rich and famous. They almost go hand in hand, right? It's rare that you hear of yeah. someone who is rich and not famous yeah. because it it buys a certain notoriety. Yeah, and and you know, arguably right now, I don't know if there's ever been a time when we haven't we've been more enamored with wealth or billionaires and, yeah, and fame because of what i mean it's always been impressive what money could do yeah i mean you, you look at the seven wonders of the world that's money someone yeah. with money and power said i'm going to build a pyramid i'm going to build mm-hmm. a tower i'm going to make an edifice that that recognizes myself right yeah uh, but now we've got billionaires literally shooting themselves into space. Yeah, yeah, or or you know, building yachts. Oh. You know, out my yacht tops your yacht. Yeah, um, extravagant, ostentatious wealth. Right. Mm-hmm. He, Jesus said something really interesting. He said uh, in in one of the gospels, he said, "Listen, he warned about wealth, mm-hmm. and he said you can't serve God and mammon." So he right. he actually kind of personified money. Right. Yeah. He gave it a personality that it's not just bills or coins uh-huh. or stock it it's actually a, like almost like a deity yeah. right mm-hmm. and so he said listen you got to be careful because you can't worship so worship we think of worship as uh, wait i'll never bow down mm-hmm. before that but it's actually heart heart's affections right yes. be careful something does cuz worship is is basically our affections our devotions expressed in living or song or yeah. or choices or something like that yeah, that's uh, that's a really good point. I think the it it's really easy to put this off on somebody else as someone else's problem because I don't have enough money. Yeah, I never feel like I have enough money. I'm so I never feel rich. I mean, you talk about that on Sunday. That 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 feeling is the trap. 
you never actually feel rich. You never actually feel like you have enough. So you may think, yeah, but if I had what he had, that crazy millionaire, that crazy billionaire, yeah, yeah. then I would I'd feel be that satisfied. way. But they don't. They don't feel satisfied. They don't feel like they have enough. That's the trap of, of wealth. And you're mm-hmm. always thinking about the, the thing it can it can give you. It's 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 just a it's it's a wild thing to to think, and that, that's why I you know we say that the one of the side benefits of a mission strip it's not the main benefit. The main benefit is the gospel is shared, yeah, and proclaimed. Right. But one of the side benefits, if you are coming from a first world country, no matter how low you might feel your status is mm-hmm. in that country, and if you're in a first world country, you often just feel like your status is low. You know, we talk about whatever you feel about the one talking about the one percenters mm-hmm. the reality is there is a lot more money at the top than at, at the bottom yeah, absolutely and there's a smaller amount of people that have more than a lot of people that have less so you always feel like I don't really have that much but when you travel to another place that genuinely has less you come away feeling like oh wow I I'm really blind to how how well off I have it and then crazy yeah yeah, I think the power you know, of uh, of comparison is really critical, right? Because um, it, it says in Proverbs, there's two Proverbs that come to my mind. One is a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, a, and and the eyes of a man, the other proverb is the eyes of a man are never satisfied. Mm-hmm. The eyes of a man are never satisfied. I mean, uh, the Rolling Stones sang back in the 60s, right? I can't get no satisfaction. Yeah. And uh, certainly they had a large measure of success in that particular arena, right? Mm-hmm. But that idea that something in us yeah. yearns for more. Someone once asked Andrew Carnegie, who was a, mm-hmm. a steel magnet, a, a baron of, uh, you know, steel baron of the of the, of the century before, and he, they said, how much is enough? He said, yeah. just a little bit more. Yeah. So you can have a lot or a little, yeah. but still be consumed with this yep. dissatisfaction yeah. of, I, I don't have enough, right? To, to modernize that... Uh, and you say Carnegie? Is that Andrew Carnegie, yeah. Will Arnett's an actor that's still relatively famous, and, and I was listening to a, a, a podcast where he's being interviewed, and someone just as a fun, like, hey, let's get this conversation going, this will be fun, they threw out a question, like, if you had a billion dollars mm. and you just wanted to, you know, blow a billion dollars, what, like, what would, how would you spend a billion dollars? And he, he goes, okay, all right, but even to play this game, I'm going to need two billion. <laughs> he says, "If I if I'm gonna blow a billion, I need to know there's a billion behind it. Right, yeah, all right, yeah. or else I can't I can't play the can't game. Can't play the game. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, in that while, like we can't even imagine that a billion is like yeah. to, to do this. I'm gonna need like a billion's not enough. I need mm-hmm. two billion. I'm like, okay, already you're you're showing our humanity. Yeah. You know, that there that there's something about the human heart. I would say it's sinfulness mm-hmm. that is hungry for something that simply cannot be fed financially. Yeah." But we, the trick is we think it can. I think this will do it. I mm-hmm. really think this will do it. So we keep going back to that well, but my brokenness is not a financial problem. My, my, my feeling of not enough isn't a financial problem, and it's not like finances can't fix the problem. They can't buy the problem mm-hmm. away. I am separated from God, and there's no billion dollars that'll buy that back. I need. Isn't salvation. it interesting you think about what's, what's in between that uh, what you're describing there, okay, I'm created by God for God, and God is enough. But somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle is um, is the psychology, I guess, of man. Like, mm-hmm. you, if you you look at our history back in the 1940s and 50s with the advent of radio and television and more modern forms of communication, mm-hmm. um, advertising was a 
I mean, it was around, but not anywhere near to the degree that it is mm. today. But advertising was a lot of selling people what uh, they needed, uh, right. farm equipment, a car, you know, right. whatever that was. Mm. But advertising today, I don't think is, I think some really smart people mm -hmm. uh, back in university in the 1970s and 80s, yeah. 60s, 70s, and 80s, saw this incredible pioneer, this wide open field uh, of, of consumerism, right? Mm -hmm. And so somehow they, they latched onto this idea of the materialistic heart mm -hmm. uh, combined with the psychology of telling people that you're not enough yeah. or it's not enough or mm -hmm. the latest gadget is the best option yeah. you know your old gadget won't work and i just think yeah yeah and i it, and, and the, the, psycho, the psychological trick works every time yeah because we still have this i mean unless you can find and i mean honestly the 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 kingdom offers christ offers a contentment but it doesn't come easy right. like just because you're saved doesn't mean oh now <sighs> i i no longer materialistic I don't. I don't have these wants and desires mm. anymore. They're still there. It is a. It is a discipleship and a sanctification process that we go through, and and I would argue that probably. Oh man, I'm afraid our culture. Is peak in just ignoring that part of Christianity, yeah. but we've just decided. Well, that's not. I mean, it's that, the permissible. Yeah, sin, like that, so we don't speak. need to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's the permissible sin. Yeah. Like, why would I? I don't think Christ even wants that. I mean, yeah, he told the rich young ruler that thing about, but that was something. Mm. Ancient. I, I know these these people that uh, lived a life of poverty, but what what is that even about? Mm -hmm. You know, what does simplicity, you know, mean? I feel like I everyone feels like they have the simplest life they could possibly have, but I would argue we don't. Yeah, we don't have a simple life. We've actually overcomplicated it and overattached things to it. And, you know, not to pick on this and beat it up, mm -hmm. but I think it is worth recognizing that like everything else, there are certain things Paul said, he said, it's, or actually it was Peter. He said to the church, abstain from fleshly lusts that war against your soul. Now he might've been talking about some other kind of lust, but the fact is that something is warring against my soul and contentment is, I think it's in Timothy, right? Where Paul says to Timothy, listen, godliness with yeah. contentment mm -hmm. is great gain. Yeah. You, it's a win. Godliness mm -hmm. with contentment is a win. That, that is Timothy. the wealth. The gain means yeah. wealth. He's yeah. saying if you want wealth, find contentment. Yeah. Because no amount of money will give you contentment. Yeah. Yeah. But if you it's have like it's contentment, detached from yeah. it's, it can't be attached to resources. Or, right. Or, but if you find contentment, any amount of money will be enough. Exactly. Yeah. Any amount yeah. of money. And Paul any isn't position. saying this like frivolously, like as a theory. He has lived with very, very little to yeah. nothing, and he has lived yeah. with, with much position and status. He knew what fame looked like. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, a Hebrew, Hebrew, a, the Pharisees, you know, Philippians. Absolutely, he, talks about it. he was up and coming, you know. And that I think that fame piece is worth talking about as well, because we're we're in a we're in an age where was it uh, Andy um, Andy Warhol said in the future everyone will have fifteen minutes of fame. Something like that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the future, everyone will be famous yeah, for 15 minutes. Yeah. And he was like, like oh, Andy Warhol says crazy things, and he said that. Uh, but now there is this reality, like everyone's like, mm -hmm. oh, I really can be. Yeah. Like, this podcast could blow could up. viral. And make a, like, famous. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't that feel good yeah. to have millions of people liking yeah. you? What would that do for my identity? Yeah. And I, I read this article recently um, Thinking about this, uh, Ethan Hawke, do you know who that mm -hmm, is? He's yeah. an actor as well. I think a really talented guy. 
uh, at the first time I ever remember seeing him, I think he was 18 years old and he was in Dead Poet Society. You know, yeah. an amazing movie, really, you yeah. know, great movie. What, 90s movie or Robin Williams? Yeah. Robin Williams. Yeah. Robin yeah. Williams, you know. so And he talks about, you know, kind of getting mentored by Robin Williams and, and about fame and what that looks like. And, and growing up in that spotlight from 18 until mm-hmm. I think he's 52 right now, I think it was Rolling Stone article. And he was talking about fame and how he said the reason why fame makes people crazy because we wonder, we love to hear like the crazy thing this famous person does. He says, because it's isolating. It doesn't seem like it's isolating, but it's isolating. It puts you behind glass, mm-hmm. makes everyone treat you a little bit differently, a little bit better. Like you you get exempt from some of the social norms. You don't have to act normal because you're famous. Yeah. And he had this amazing thing I, w- I want to read that he said. He said, in that isolation, he said, a snake of madness and megalomania creeps into even the most stable mind. The more fame the more poison you swallow. Yeah. That is so, like, the snake of madness and megalomania yeah. creeps into even the most stable mind, or the more fame, the more poison you swallow. And he goes on to say that, he says, the only cure, the only healing elixir that he knows is friendship. He's saying community. Mm. Like, real friendship mm. can keep you from falling for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, in a way. Genuine, authentic yeah. relationships. And, I mean, he's, I'm sure mm-hmm. he's been paid incredibly well over time. Mm-hmm. You know, that wealth produces fame, that fame produces wealth. It is this this cycle. But he you know, he knows. He's I've I've tasted I've tasted the poison and I'm telling you, it'll kill you. You're gonna have to have friends around community around you. I just thought that was interesting. He's not a Christian as far as I know and um, this isn't necessarily Christian advice, but there's some real truth in there. It's crazy to me to look back into the Old Testament and see like the correlation between idolatry and uh, and destruction. Mm-hmm. Um because in the Old Testament, the idols uh, of the lands or the peoples or whatever, they were never satisfied. They oh, were yeah. constantly yeah, that's asking yeah. for more. Mm-hmm. And so, in fact, God chided the Israelites. He said, those who make them will be like them. Yeah. So these things we look to, to, to give us identity, to give us value, to give us something, whatever we're hungry for, the soul hunger, mm-hmm. they... By 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 their very nature, they they can't satisfy. But yet, it's like yeah. salt water. It's just they just make you hungrier and thirsty. I was just reading this morning in John six where Jesus said, "Listen," he said, "The flesh counts for nothing, mm-hmm. but I'm the bread of life. I'm the and I've and my 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 body and my blood," he said, "are the bread and life and the bread yeah. and, and drink of the world." And again, that mm-hmm. that scripture has been taken out of context for a lot of a lot of bad things. But but the idea that um, feeding on the God of who uh, who created me, that relationship with the God who created me, who gives me identity, mm-hmm. who assures me that my needs will be taken care of, who yeah. gives me a sense of value. If I've lost that, I don't know what's left except mm-hmm. to look for it. Yeah. You know, in the world, how many stories have we heard in the last thirty or forty years? You know, a classic one is all the way back to Marilyn Monroe, the innocent mm-hmm. blonde who showed up and just wanted to be an actress. But and then and we exalt these guys, we yeah. exalt these people, put them on pedestals, make them mini gods, mm-hmm. and then they self destruct when when they when they get up there. A recent one, uh, if you're listening today, is 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 Matthew Perry, right? Yeah. Um, in the last years of his life, he was making a million dollars an episode, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. was. Uh, he was a spokesperson, so to speak, for mm-hmm. you know that that particular generation, and yet uh, on the inside, an addiction was eating him alive. And we mm-hmm. can—it's it, a disease, no question, but it's also yeah. a deep, a deep emptiness. That... Yeah, yeah. We're all—I mean, 
maybe some of us are more prone to addictions than others. Yeah. But we're all yeah. We're all in that same boat of, you know, we're we're very susceptible to that. And and <clears throat> I was also, you know, reading about him and he said in his I haven't read his book, I was reading excerpts his memoirs, of his book. Yeah. And he said that before he went to that friend's audition, before he blew up, he he actually prayed to God, please make me famous. Yeah. Please, God. I just want to be famous. Make me famous. And God answers, you know, God answers prayer. He just whatever, yeah. Whatever. He became famous. Mm. And he said in his lowest point, when he had realized he's at rock bottom, that he was an addict, he was hurting himself, he's hurting the people around him, he said, I, I got on my knees and I just said, help. Mm. I just asked God for help. And man, it, it, it's worth reading that excerpt, what he des- how he describes mm-hmm. that there was suddenly a presence in the room. That that I had asked, I had asked for God to come into my life, and and it wasn't just uh, a psychological like there was a new presence in the room that wasn't there before. Wow! There was a release he'd never yeah. felt before. There was a connection to God he'd never felt before. Yeah. I, I don't know in the details. I I mean, I I pray, I hope, man, wouldn't it be great if he had really found God? But I, I believe God answered like He does. God is so humble to yeah. answer our prayers when we yeah. ask for help. And hasn't that story? Of falling on my knees in my brokenness at the rock bottom place in my life, whether you find that in a, a hotel room or at home in your office or in <laughs> in a recovery group or jail mm-hmm. or wherever, God answers that prayer, right? Yeah. You, but the key thing is, is the key point there is we've come to the end of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus said in the Gospels, He said, a man's life, in that same passage about mammon, He said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Mm-hmm. You, you, you meditate on that passage. So, what is my life? Isn't that mm-hmm. like, isn't that like the, the, you know, the 5,000 year old yeah. question? What mm-hmm. is my life? And apart from God, there's a whole bunch of people that want to take advantage of that question and yeah. sell me something. Yeah, I'll tell you what you are. Yeah, I'm t- I'm gonna, this I'll define you. you what I'll you define are. you. And uh, yeah, and uh, that's the to me that's the beauty of the gospel and mm-hmm. both the beauty and the challenge because to believe that God could define me, it, mm-hmm. it, it kind of it predicates that I have to believe that I'm God's the origin of my life. He's the origin of of joy. He's the origin of mm-hmm. of, of sustenance or whatever. Right, yeah. and so. It really is a faith issue yeah. to, at, at its core. It's a faith faith issue. Yeah, it's amazing just talking about how we look sometimes to riches, to money, mm-hmm. to answer that question. Isn't it, I would say that other thing I think I've seen people turn to the most for that is just some companionship. Yeah. That, will you define me? Mm-hmm. Like, will you be, yeah. like, they're looking for that that love, mm-hmm. that something. I call it a soul hunger. Yeah. Something, it, I, there's this deep hunger in my soul. <clears throat> right. Yeah, we think of... You know, lust as just a sexual, right. you know, but I think there is a, a lust for, I, I want, I need you to give me something. Yeah. I, I, I can't be complete without something from you, and certainly there's a physical aspect to it, but I, I think there's a define me as, aspect to it as well. Mm. Uh, what did Tom Cruise say? You complete me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, but <laughs> that, that, that always puts a burden on another person that they are unable to carry. Yeah. Because another human cannot. I mean, they're they're feeling the same thing you're feeling. So two broken people just end up coming together. Without the God who makes us whole, who saves us, then it's just two broken people coming together, trying their best to get something out of the other person that will care mm-hmm. for them, that will you know meet their needs, that mm-hmm. will, and it can it can be painful. Yeah, yeah. I uh, 
over the years, you know, in ministry, we 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 run into what we're describing here all the time. I think I think, and and we're all um, in the same boat in the sense of mm-hmm. we're created. Tozer says, you know, if we're the handiwork of God, you know, if we are the handiwork of God, then all of our problems and mm. their solutions are theological. Oh, right. Yeah. So what that what he's saying there, I think, among other things, might be, uh, man, if I'm made by God, I my identity has to be found in God. Mm-hmm. My security has to be found in God. My uh, my plans have to be found in God. My self-talk. And and I know from my own life, um, growing up with all the insecurities of, of life and, and who I was and trying to figure that out, it wasn't until I began to really understand God yeah. and who he was and what salvation meant, what the cross meant, what mm-hmm. God becoming flesh and dwelling among us. I mean, think about what the what a jump that was and uh, and the and and how the gospel affirms our true condition. Mm. We're broken but we can be redeemed and uh you know, a friend of mine years ago, uh, a good friend of mine, he told me a story about himself, about his family. He said um, when he was younger, his father was pretty successful and he wanted to be like his father, mm-hmm. but he didn't get much from his father in the way of affirmation. And so he set out to be a millionaire. He set out, mm-hmm. he said, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30 years old. And so he went to work, hard work, mm-hmm. just like his father. And in fact, he reached that goal long before 30. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I met him, he'd doubled or tripled probably yeah. significantly more than a million. And he said to me once, he said, and you know what? He said, I would trade it all just to hear my father say, I love you and I'm proud of you. I thought, wow, what a, what a telling uh, kind of a understanding, yeah. you know, to have that. I'm, yeah. I'm good at this. I'm making enough, I'm making more money than I could spend, and yet I would trade it all just to hear those words. And so, we can hear those words without going down that road. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I, just sitting here thinking, we have this discussion. It's not that we don't have financial problems. We don't have relationship problems. Sure. Like you can have a financial problem. You have a relationship problem, but it's not your biggest problem. At the core, it's not. Yeah. And I know in missions, being missionaries, sometimes you have to meet someone's felt need right. before they even yeah. have the dis- the, the ability yeah. to someone's hear the gospel. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah. But if all you've done is meet that felt need, or even left them with a million dollars. Yeah. You've it's not just a solved their it's just problem. A yeah, yeah. That we have a sin problem. Yeah, I don't, I'm. I may be single and feel like I have a singleness problem. I need a relationship. Mm-hmm. Or I may be in a relationship and think I have a relationship problem. I'd like to be single, or I might have not any money. Might not have any money and feel like I've got a financial problem. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, our our deepest needs are not temporal. Yeah. Jesus said again, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me will never go hungry. And uh, I believe the gospel speaks to the hunger that's deep in our souls, Mm -hmm. the hunger to be loved. And those hungers are something we all share, right? Yeah. The hunger to be loved, the hunger to be significant. That's Mm -hmm. not a bad thing. The hunger to be taken care of, to be protected and and, and to be known. Um, All those things are stamped on us by the, by the image of our creator. So I, um, I keep, I, mean, I think we probably need to close, but I keep thinking of this uh, one verse in James 5 that relates to this Sunday, but uh, we didn't share it. It's um, it's James 5, verse uh, 3, I think. I don't have my glasses on. Those small numbers are hard to see. Uh, it says, "In it is in the last days that you've stored up your treasure. 
and it, it's in a rebuke to rich people who have mm-hmm. not been generous. Yep. And and he's he's telling them like, look, and these ch- things are all going to rust, chase the wrong success. It's all going to burn. Yeah. And I'm telling you, you stored up treasures in the last day. And I, I thought, man, if James could say that, and and it be absolutely true, two thousand yeah how much years more? ago nearly, how much more true is it? In my lifetime, and and how am I treating mm-hmm. what God has given me? Am I being generous yeah. with what He's given me, or am I feeling like I there's never enough? I don't have enough to share. How many times have you and I, as pastors, been in a hospital room or mm-hmm. in a hospice situation where someone is facing the last few hours, days of their life, and I've never in three and a half decades of ministry had anybody wish they had spent more time in the office wish they'd made more money, wish they'd acquired more properties. Mm-hmm. Um, again, none of those things are necessarily wrong. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that the end of our life brings everything into crystal clear focus mm-hmm. of what is valuable. What they're, what I have seen mm-hmm. over and over is uh, a longing for family, yeah. for a relationship to be mended, to mm-hmm. be restored, an opportunity to ask forgiveness, uh, a, 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 an opportunity one more time to be with your loved ones. And... What does that do? It just reveals yeah. what we were made for, what's really important. Well, folks, yeah, I hope you are uh, following along with us in Timothy and not just uh, listening to us, but also get digging yeah. into the Word yourself. Yeah, come join us. Yeah, please, come on a Sunday, come be a part of uh, Church on the Hill, come and serve. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll unashamedly ask you to come and, and, and serve. Laying down your life is that, if you're wondering, like, how do I find this contentment? What does that look like? Start there. Start by serving, giving, giving not just of your finances, giving your life. Serve with us uh, at Church on the Hill, and I I think you will find eternal life and transformation. Yeah. We're a multi-site campus. Um, Mm -hmm. We have a campus in Kaiser, a campus in South Salem, multiple services. You can find it all on our website, coughcommunity.com. So if you have any questions or comments, get a hold of us. It'd be great. And if this was helpful, share it with somebody else. Yep. Bless y'all. Yeah. See you. Take care.